Fellas, NBA season is near, and the easiest way to get ready for the season is to do a 360 on your balls. Manscaped 4.0, we've been saying this, how precise the shave is, how easy your ball handles are going to be. Performance Package 4.0 will help you get those deep balls and win MVP this season. Use promo code THIRSTBOLDPROBLEMS at manscaped.com. Ship free shipping worldwide, 20% off. Again, that's promo code Thirst World Problems. Welcome to the Thirst World Problems Podcast, where we talk about drinks, current events, music, and more. Now, here's your host, Nick Dugall, and his panel of experts, B, Bell, and the infamous Doc. With with the with the many hats that you had, is is sports talk next, or or is that uh, is that not going to happen? So it's interesting you say that, right? Because I've a wonderful influence from Hollywood. I've been able to capture in the work that I've been able to do. Bollywood the same way. I have a massive. I'm a massive hip hop nerd. Nerd. Like I am. <laughs> I have so many hip hop stories in my life that we haven't even touched that would make even you people sort of stop and say, I, this guy must be lying. You people. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's, um, <laughs> what's, uh, them, right? you guys are they them, right? I'm just trying to make sure. <laughs> we, we, we talk, we talk in Canadian hip hop or we talking hip hop historian in general. Well, historian. It's barely a Canadian hip hop. It barely exists. Man. Oh, oh you be oh, don't. that's 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 young and talk right there. <laughs> okay. Mohit. Anyway, let's let's hear let's hear some hip hop stories. Come on. You got something. What do you what do you want to hear, man? I've what, done I've interviewed everybody from Chuck D. Give me the catalog. What do you got? Been on stage with with the greats, man. I I'm I'm a hip hop nerd. I listen, you know what I used to do? This is a little secret I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> I used to take the Omni camera back in the day and I used to book stories with my hip hop heroes just so I can meet them and interview them. I, I didn't have any language. <laughs> well, so I would like, oh, I'd hear that wow. somebody would be in town. I'd be like, yo, the tribe called quest is in town. Let's go. I, I want to go. Uh, going <laughs> I mean, through the back door with a, with a media pass. pass camera. This is it. This is it. Let's go. That's me. I got interviews with Fife before he died. Of course, before he died, rest in peace and get it after he died. That would have been weird. Um, yeah, I've been very lucky. I've been very, very lucky. I used to, oh man. And then uh, of course, like I grew up around the corner from DJ starting from scratch, one of the biggest DJs in the country. He, you know, has toured, he tours with Russell Peters right now. And, uh, you know, just Russell's big show mixtape that happened in Toronto that he did with those hip hop legends. I was, I was there, I was backstage with all those nerds, hip hop nerds. It's just, you know, I've, I'm one of those dudes. I'm a little bit like a Forrest Gump when it comes down to hip hop and some of the people I've been able to interact with. My son has a picture with Drake, like randomly, like that he flashes every time he wants to talk to someone. <laughs> <laughs> Gets him into the country type shit. It's like eight so then what's, your, what's, your go- what's your go-to track? Sorry, like, yeah. What's my go-to track for what? For what? For... For what? What's my go for, for just getting into that vibe, that zone? Like, is it because you said earlier that you go to movies based on the interviews that you've had and the interactions that you've had? So I'm figuring if you tell us the track, we're going to know the, who you've had a great interview with. 
Oh, oh no. Well, I mean, I, it's, it doesn't yeah. work the same way for movies and no, music for you. You guys know, man, sometimes music just is, is a moment, is a place, is a, uh, is a feeling, you know, just today I got to tell one of my hip hop heroes online about an old track that I used for, of his in a student film that I did. And we spoke and I thought to myself, well, how weird is this? But a high schooler <laughs> in me would have gone crazy that I was talking to the dude. And he's like, oh, I'd love to see it. You know, I've been around <laughs> some people. I think that's where I look back that Forrest Gump reference where I stop and say, I've been around some of the people I used to kind of look up to used to hold their records. You know, I'm a big Jay-Z fan and I'm, um, you know, uh, Kendrick fan and, and a Cole fan, but those are all very contemporary people that I've, I've seen in real life, but I've never had conversations with. Um, so anyway, the point of that I'm saying to you is that music has a big influence. I love Bollywood music. I, I'm a huge Indian music fan and a nerd at it from the 70s all the way down to now. I, one of my greatest moments in my life is I actually got um, A.R. Rahman, the composer, to, to play piano for me during my interview. And I... I not only ruined it for every reporter after me because he refused to do it again, but I was also told by his manager that uh, I've ruined it for every reporter after because everyone asked him. Um, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry for going on that tangent. Uh, music. Gotta, gotta get ahead of the game. Yeah. Gotta get ahead of the game. That's the only way. So that's, no, that's perfect. But, but like, so, so you, you met a tribe called quest. Let's, what what other what's what's your top five tracks of all time? What do you got? Let's talk nineties. What's your top five tracks that 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 you just you sit in the car and you're like, I gotta play it. You're by yourself in the car. You're you know you're you're vibing. You're driving. What do you, what do you got? Okay, so scenario is always going to be a part of my my life. A tribe called Quest scenario. It's it's got all the flavors of MCs that I've loved forever. One of my first interviews I ever did in my life was in 1997 at McMaster University when I interviewed Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes will always be in my top five because of that experience and the conversation I had with him and my McMaster University newspaper, blah, 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 blah. It was one of those things. To that point, he actually recorded my answering machine message for me that day, and I kept it, <laughs> and I kept it with me, pure flex, for the entire university <laughs> time I was there <laughs> to the point where people would prank call me just to hear the message. It was wonderful. Um, so Busta stays in there. I won't put what track I, because I like, I love so many of his albums. So Busta will always get me in a mood, but scenario is one track. I think if I don't throw like, you know, I love arbitrary tracks. I love Too Much by Drake. I always think about that song in the way that it's cut together, in the way that he takes his lyrics and builds things. I think, uh, not to like do this love-hate debate about Drake, but I think Drake represents a lot of different types of people um, that have to have wear many hats that come from Canada, that have can't be. Yeah, 100%, yeah. And, um, and and I think that a lot of people identify with. And as somebody who's loved music and understands his influences from Jodeci right to current influences, I respect a lot of the music that he's done over the years. I've seen him roll in the city. I've seen him interact with people. And I have so much respect for the way he treats people and treats people's kids and treats people around him. And I respect him as an artist immensely. So now that I get off the Drake tip. Um, um what else is always on my playlist? Like, uh, let me look. 
man. B, can you guess one of these that he's going to call out? B, have you even listened to Scenario? Have you ever heard that song before? No. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry, bro. I didn't mean to do that to you. Um, That's okay. He has. Bell, have you even listened? To, yeah. You haven't even heard Scenario? What's that? You talking about me? Yeah. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't sing it for you. Yeah, like, yeah. so if I look at my 90s playlist, my 90s playlist has most deaf on it, has I Get Around, Tupac, Digital, uh, digital Underground, um, Main Source, look at 93 Tell Infinity, The Far Side, Passing Me By, Can't Knock the Hustle, Mary J. Blige, basically everybody you saw at the Super Bowl halftime show and all of their friends. <laughs> that's on the playlist. That's, that's that. that very nice. But and then some it's got old, crew, I guess, hey? Uh, no, no, no. I didn't go to <laughs> no, I, I didn't do Hammer. I didn't do True Life Crew. I didn't do a lot. But I'll tell you something funny is MC Hammer is actually one of the most progressive digital MCs when it comes down to technology you'll ever meet. He can talk about technology till he's blue in the face. He was one of the first investors in everything from Twitter to Bitcoin. He's such an interesting person. I was on three beta tests with him during COVID on different apps, and I was completely blown away about how smart he was. That was amazing. That was, that's, uh, we, we interviewed um, uh, DC from Tag Team, and uh, very similar. Yeah, it was we were just kind of blown away, like how it's amazing when that happens, right? They're always yeah, going like for one much... thing or two things, and you're just like, "Oh, you, you know some shit." Yeah, like we had like uh, fifty questions just about. Whoop! There it is. But he turned it around on us, and, and uh, yeah, he was pretty good. Like he had a lot of investing. Uh, you know, uh, at the time that was when crypto was big. But oh, yeah, interviewing him thing. now yeah. probably about crypto. He's probably gonna. <laughs> Kind of he was so that, into crypto, so into yeah, crypto. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, it was it was very interesting overall. But uh, but let's let let's move forward here. Let's let's talk about your time at uh, you know the Omni Channel. Like, so so when you were doing your uh, your shows, what what was the concept of the shows? When you're yeah, doing so, it? was it just music videos, or was it just you talking about the movies itself, or? We did an hour long weekly Bollywood Entertainment Tonight type show. We covered mostly diasporic films, like films from all across South Asia. And then we did all the songs and then hosted all the events. We were kind of the community hub for that um, love for the audience. Uh, And then we also, we spun off a pop culture show from there where we did mostly music videos. Now, I guess the equivalent of the Desi music, Punjabi music scene, pop culture scene. Um, and yeah, through that, it became a vehicle for many people to not only understand the culture, but we like did interviews. And so everyone from Priyanka Chopra to, you know, Junior Butchin got there an opportunity to be on the show. And I was one of the lucky people that, got, you know, got to do essentially this, this hall of fame uh, of Brown stars that you probably can't have access to anymore because, well, you know, the industry, it's, it's so big now and it, it's so tough to get access to people. You have to pay so much. Um, yeah. So that's what I did. It was part time. It was while I was a producer at Breakfast Television in Toronto. So I was doing both jobs at the same time. And it really was living sort of this Bollywood and Hollywood life. You know, I, I remember booking uh, Channing Tatum and, and people like that in the mornings. And then like in the evenings going and editing 
the top five Bollywood films with the song and dance. <laughs> so it was definitely a, a weird experience for me. That's so you go ahead. That's I'm just I'm just blown away by the. I'm just trying to think <laughs> of the day that that you would do it. Just trying to book something like that, and then. Anyways, go ahead. That's just oh, was a crazy flip. Eh? Minds. Yeah, <laughs> but you've done a lot of interviews. You're you're the professional here. So, do you have any questions or was there any topics that you wanted to get into? Let you take uh, the driver's seat here for a while. Yeah. So here's my first question: When you decide that you want to put yourself out there the way that you guys have, how much time do you facilitate between what you want to address based on feedback? versus what you want to talk about based on what you want to talk about. Anyone want to jump in? I'll let you well, go I know. first. But... Okay, so for the most part, and I guess pre-pandemic, we were really in a zone. So we would have, we were releasing two episodes a week at one point. So one would be a lot of uh, kind of like feedback driven, and another we'd have an interview or we'd just be talking all sports one episode and then that way we got a few questions to come in and we're able to balance off a little bit more. So that's originally how we did it. Now I think it's more of if we get a lot of good good feedback or there's a topic that comes up that a lot of people are asking for, even if we didn't have it on our list, then we'll we'll toss it on and we'll jump in and we'll go with it. Another easier way to say it is I I, I tend to twist it the way I wanna wanna talk about. So <laughs> if you haven't noticed that. If Bell wants to talk about cars and I want to talk about, you know, some sort of movie that just came out, I will twist it around that way just to talk about that movie. And, and like 99% of the time it works that way. So, so, uh, we will have a preset of topics. Uh, sometimes it won't go that way, but then that's mostly my fault. So, so yeah, like that's, that's what we do. We, we, you know, sometimes I think when there's something that's hot, you just kind of scrap everything and just go with what's hot. Right. So, like uh, use Kanye West, for example, what's happening with him. So, uh, you know, you, you, you got to drop everything and go with that, right? So, okay. Be what you got. Well, for us, I think we're, we're really good at kind of listening, right? So we, we have our opinions and whatnot, but we, you know, we defer to, to the experience, right? So a lot of people that we have on, I just feel like sometimes, um, especially nowadays in all the short form content and everything, you know, you can't even tell your friends, hey, did you see this article or did you see this or did you see that? Everyone just tells you, oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Well, did you really go into it and look at it and see it? Then you didn't really see it, but they'll be like, yeah, I did see it. So for me, for the podcast, what's nice with us, what we do with the content is, um, like I said, deferring to the experience, right? We really do like hearing the other, the actual experience in the side of, you know, a professional like you, for example, doing it and then posing our questions off of that. That's my favorite you know, interviewer topics that we do, because um, then we're not coming from a point, a place of, of guessing or, you know, little points that we may have heard or that are right or wrong, or, you know, actually going to the source. So uh, that's my favorite content that we do. And, and when we're very open to that. Yeah. And I think another cool thing about it is it's just, you know, the, the different amount of guests that we've had and just being very open and just, you know, nothing, we're not going to be giving you, you know, hard hitting questions, but we're going to be, you know, giving you questions that you can relate to. And, you know, people are listening. The best way I think of it is, you know, if you're, if you're in your car driving and, 
you just have people talking. We want to have that conversation. What would be in the car, right? If there's four people in that car. So just, you know, just having those types of conversations and just being, you know, kind of shooting the breeze of, uh, you know, kind of going back and forth makes things so much easier rather than being the very stiff interview of question, answer, question, and answer, you know, trying to tend to throw jabs, we'll throw jabs at each other. And I think, I think that's what makes things a lot of fun. Right. So um, like, like for example, yourself, Mohit, like, like great overall like we've had some interviews where you know some people are just very stiff and it's very hard to open them up we try to open it up as much as you can but you know sometimes this is not really it's not really for them right and you're not going to win everyone over so uh the big key thing is i think we just the different amount of guests and just questions uh people do like um because it's an outlet that not many people no, and I know today, for example, I've had numerous people message me and just just looking yourself up, and they're just so amazed on on they never knew, right? So they're they're sure. they're learning and they're and they're appreciating that there's actually more than what you actually see on TV, right? So there, yeah, you know, no, I appreciate that for hundred percent, and I mean, don't you know, this is a give and take, but I'm, what I'm saying is don't under uh, under uh, play how much confidence you end up giving by asking the right questions as well. And so what ends up happening is the listener feels a little bit more secure. You know, I can sit here forever and say, you should listen to me because I am so important, blah, blah, blah. But it's really, they're listening to your perspective on it because, you know, I'm not here week after week. You're giving me the platform. And it's so amazing that you're doing this because you are going to inspire so many other people to stop and say, you know what? I have questions too. I have ideas too. I have thoughts around this. And unfortunately, it isn't until generations start to understand that this is going to be normal, that none of this will seem like a surprise. You know what I mean? (laughs) My dad used to work AM radio back in the day. He used to do a little cultural program in AM radio. And I reflectively always think about it when I'm like thinking about if I should put something out or if I should do this segment with somebody, whatever. And I always think about how he had his tape deck and he would, you know, you know, record the song and then record his voice like, like you would back in the day. Right. And it always empowers me. And this empowers me too, because you are, are, you know, you're showing other generations now that if you don't start using your voice and sharing your knowledge and sharing your experiences, there's no point, right? You're just going to be in an Absolutely. echo chamber posting and tweeting and hoping that you get clout. It doesn't make sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Bell, you got, you got anything? No, I'm just waiting for uh, Mohit's next question here. Ah, so my next question is why, like, you guys speak about sports quite a bit, right? And so when the stories change in sports, et cetera, like, how do you keep the conversation current? Because I, let me ask what I'm asking here. With your podcast, you want people to keep coming back, right? But if you don't listen to the podcast linearly, it's kind of, you know, you just grab an episode here and there. What I'm wondering is, do you guys go back to some of the stuff that you've spoken about from a sports perspective? And correct yourself and talk about whether you were wrong or share a different perspective in hindsight. I know why Bell's smiling right now. <laughs> I know exactly why you're smiling. So one big thing, so one big thing uh, that Nick said a couple of years back was that Kevin Love is the best power forward of all time. 
And, and he How many said years it. back did he say that? This is <laughs> a couple years enough. ago. This was not. This is not that long ago. And, and he was very. If you listen to that episode, it, it wasn't a joke. So like today, you know, he's smiling, right? The teeth are the teeth are peeking out from those lips, right? He's smiling. But during that episode, he like you got to. He, he was dead set that Kevin Love. I don't. I I don't know what I was hearing. So so <laughs> that part he'll never take back. Um, but we do that for sure, right? Going back and and, and bringing old things um, that all other listeners can def- definitely listen to in the past for sure. And that's a, that's one of the biggest difficulties that you have, especially with like even us, like a weekly podcast. Is sometimes the information that you have is already old by the time your listener is getting to it, right? So the whole the whole trick, and you know this in, in media, is trying to provide that evergreen content. So even if we're talking about a specific game or something along those lines, then we try to shift to a more general conversation about team dynamics or team financials or whatever it is. So there's still that piece that you can pull out. And something now that we started to do a little bit more, especially with video now, because originally we weren't planning on video, is putting out some short clips of our current thing. Right. So if we were talking about a Lakers game, then we're going to talk about it and put that out as a clip right away. And then that might still make it into the episode. And then we try to fill that or surround it with some evergreen content that you can still use and still pull some stuff out. But yeah, we've been, we've been hella wrong about things. And actually I was laughing too, not only because that Kevin Love thing, but because we're trying to transition some of those moments and just play with the platform itself into uh, like another segment where it's like a defend your boy segment where someone said this a long time ago. Now we're going right. to pull back that old content and now try to justify it, but it'll be a different person that has to justify that. So like Nick yeah. said that Kevin Love is the best power forward of all time. Now B, even though he doesn't believe it. I still it, stand by it. I, still stand <laughs> I know by you it, do. So That's why it's, we're it's getting to the other me, guys. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ever say I'm wrong, but is this I a think 2K I, thing? Maybe like, have you modded it or something? I don't get it. Like, what you, <laughs> you know what? I, I'm not going to get too deep into Kevin Love. No, no, I don't want to know about Kevin Love. That's the last thing no. I want to waste my time talking about. <laughs> yeah, but I do want to ask you something about this one thing about the, the about the, what you're talking about. Yeah. Is this is this natural love for sports? Uh, more of what the show wants to do is uh, get into that deeper side of sports and and the lifestyle associated with it? Well, I think obviously, you know, us three, we've, you know, we've all have a passion for sports. I think, you know, like uh, I'll be very honest with you, B and Bell, they're they're bigger into NFL. Obviously I'm a big, I'm a big soccer guy. So, you know, and basketball is our like middle ground. Right. So So um, that, I think that's, that's very, that's very important to us. Is that a and, Cowboys uh, helmet over there? Sorry. Yeah. So that's to us. That's very important when we have sports. Should have been. I think it was one of those big, big conversations that we can have, and I feel like it would just it would have just been good banter going back and forth, and uh, getting deep into it. I, I don't know how deep we will ever get into it. I feel like lately we've been transitioning more on like, um, on on what's happening in the world in Canada and, and sometimes in North America, right. More on the politics side. So just, you know, um, let's, let's use, you know, the riots that have been happening. We kind of, kind of get a lot, a lot deeper into those. I think this, I think the sports is more of just like a soft, soft touch where we can all kind of like reset and just 
enjoy what's happening and just appreciate it. Cause again, at, at one point we had no sports and I, I remember B going crazy at one point cause he <laughs> didn't know what to do with Long himself, at the right? wall. Yeah. That was so, bad. you know, so, so I think just having that back, we appreciate it more. And I think it's more of a soft ground, but getting deep into those conversations, I think we, I don't know about are these guys, but I like I like when things go bad. I, I like those stories, but um, dude, the field. I'm a, I'm I think all the media does. I'm yeah. a Raptors seat holder, and uh, I've seen I've seen the years of bad. Trust me, but I was there for the shot. So oh, me too. That, I was there for the shot. Five man. I was there. <laughs> love it. Love it. That was it. So that made up for all of it. And so. Uh, yeah, sorry, I don't know why I just kind of went there. Um, you're, you're a season ticket holder. Holder, I am. Yes, nice. Yeah, I don't nice. know if that's that's cap a little bit, right? Um, of course, it's cap. That's, <laughs> it's, it's, but I was there for the Bosch years. I was there for the Bosch years, so I'm technically still, I'm still there for the Calderon years, or what? I was there for Calderon. I was there for Tracy uh, Tracy Murray. Was Tracy Murray there? You yeah, there for Anthony Parker for, and Junis? All those boys. I was there for Andrea Bargnani. Yeah, I think I have. That was a very I, interesting few years, though, because they were trying to go very, very international. Jorge and, uh, Jorge Garbajosa, classic. Garbajosa, Garbajosa, yeah. Well, he wasn't even the original fifteen, or the fifteen after events. Um, <laughs> he might have been. Yeah, there was a fifteen after events on the Raptors. I think it was Garbajosa, or anyway. Uh, yeah, used to get great seats back then too. Big we upgrade, no problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, you, you take the ball. Um, <laughs> but it's been it's been a good time to be a Toronto sports fan in general and raising kids. At Besides a time. the Maple Leafs, let's not get too let's not get too ahead, right? Let's not get too ahead. I don't know if that uh, strikes a chord there, but uh, we can't. I can't, get, uh, I can't defend the Leafs for the life of me. Okay. I've, um, spend too much time, money, yeah. and frustration. Nick, just uh, just to put a little into perspective, because uh, I know you're not a big uh, hockey guy, the Leafs haven't won a Stanley Cup uh, since before the man was on the moon. Like I think, I think you really think that I don't know anything about um, hockey in general. But <laughs> you uh, don't man. when you're when you're a betting <laughs> when you're a betting guy like me, you're gonna know history like that. So uh, take that back to you. Okay, thanks. Cool, man. I'll defer to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Moet, let's um, let, let's move forward here. Let's 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 get rid of the sports here. You're a big sports guy, um, but what what where do you think before we end that? Where do you think the Raptors are going to place this year? Oh, that's not good. He's ready to burn his Raptors gear. It seems yeah. like. It's not. I'm never gonna burn the. I've wasted too much money on that cheap stuff <laughs> that I'm gonna. They're not fifth, 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 fifth. In maybe, the East. yeah, maybe. Any trades? And the worst, like it's around? gonna be a fight for a fifth. Yeah, and it's gonna be one of those weird like, why are we? Why did we not get home? And we're gonna play at two o'clock in the afternoon, and we're gonna be done with the season by April thirtieth. Not anyway, <laughs> I hope not. I hope not, but I don't see. Listen, we're going to go through injuries. We're going to go through stuff. But the point is, until we get a vet back, we're not going to move the needle on where we place. So we need a vet to move 
the needle on how we're not going to, with this roster, we don't get past the East ever, right? And so, but it's interesting, right? Because there's so many people in this world that can speak about sports and speak about it intelligently and do wonderful things. And pro- I would never want to sit in this wheelhouse where I'd have to constantly defend why I'm passionate about one team and not another. So I like, it's amazing that you're able to do it. But I think the one thing I haven't ruined in my life by overanalyzing it is sports. I can, <laughs> I can let it reject me on a weekly basis. I can let it make me feel a certain way. I love watching my kids play, man. Oh, it's the best. I'm way too into it. I'm, I'm that dad that's just like, you realize that everyone could hear you. Yeah. <laughs> You're that the loud dad. That's amazing. I'm the but, loud uh, brown, the brown, loud brown dad at the hockey room. <laughs> brown loud dad, yeah. But it's, it's, it's a tough it's thing a to new be thing. A it's a vibe now. It's a vibe now. Watch, you'll yeah. hear it. Yeah. Eventually, you'll just hear like Punjabi cursing down at the end or something. No, get, no Gatorade on the way home if they lose, right? <laughs> it's not, not, not. They want that Timmy's run, man. If they get like yeah. even an assist, they want that. Yeah. Let's go. Want those the I'm, I'm going to get a little scared uh, when when my kids get a little bit older, man. They're going to want like some Starbucks and every night, and oh, it's going to be tough, man. Well, no, tough. man. It's 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 the greatest feeling to watch the learning happen, and 100%. so that's the the greatest part. It's never really the competitiveness; it's just the progress. You'll look back at old footage at the progress and you'll be like, Oh yeah, well you skate better than that now, at least, you know what I mean? Or or I was way too excited for someone who didn't move very fast. Um, The progress is really something to be proud of. And again, it goes back to that learning and sharing stuff, right? The dad spotting stuff that I was speaking about, it really hasn't been about, Oh, I want to be like Mr. Dad, you know, I want everyone to look at me and be like, yo, that's the dad. Instead. I was like, how is there no mental health support resources online for dads? How is it that, there's no third or fourth um, language of resources for Cam H when it came down to parents in, in new situations. There's all this stuff that made me realize, you know, we got to start somewhere. We got to have these conversations now so that we don't feel like we're going to alienate people from raising kids that are going through different things right now. So, how, how did anyway. you, how did you feel when you were younger uh, playing sports? Like were your, were your parents ever, like, did they ever show up? I didn't play. I watched Everything. I didn't play anything. I played soccer oh, you, because it was cheap. I it was cheap, yeah. It. Did your parents yeah. ever go to it or was it more of just like hurry up and play kind of deal? Like, Oh, I mean, like, yeah, they had to take me there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm one of those weird dudes. I was but them taking you there is different than them actually watching it, right? No, right. no, they, my parents were heartless, man. What you, oh, okay, okay. You've been I mean, watching my dad was the early immigrant stories, man. <laughs> Maybe uh, my no, dad was just ruthless then. I mean, they weren't like little. I wasn't little Timmy at the ice rink getting dressed up, given the big high five and sent. Yeah. I was little Mohit soccer. One year I signed up for a soccer team the wrong year of my birth. That was an interest. <laughs> like, you know, I was. <laughs> I was I was definitely not the person you sent the pictures around about celebrating how great I was. But <laughs> Fair enough. I watched everything, man. All 180 games of a J season, every disappointing Leaf season. Was that the Sky Dome when Raptors beat Jordan? <laughs> you know, I did everything as a fan. So <laughs> if, if nothing else, these kids got a big fan in them. And the worst part is I'm 6'2". So naturally, people are saying, <laughs> everyone think you played. Yeah. <laughs> everyone always got picked i always got picked for teams <laughs> little did they know little did they know i was the marketer at best i was like okay here's how we're gonna get people inside to watch us 
I got I got one I got one one last tech question here for you. Yeah. So, being the expert here, what's what's one what's one app or some technology that we should be scared that's on the way that we that's just flying under the radar for most people? Oh, I just think scared. Like, what should we be? I just think it's a really strange time for people not to automate as much as you can now. I don't think that we're in a situation anymore where if you're, for example, if you sell uh, the world's most environmentally free product and this is it, you know, you've got nothing but copy and content, et cetera, that's available for you to be able to create. It should be marketed. It should be targeted. You have a business cycle, you have a funnel, you have all that stuff is done for you now. And so as, as people move on to artificial intelligence and start talking about text to visualization and all the great things that are happening as a result of AI and big data, what you're going to see is that there's little guesswork now in how do we launch this, you know, this wonderful thing. No, it's been done a million times before in bigger countries, and this is how they find the right business partners go to it. Eventually, what we'll start to realize is that fills a certain void that people can go back to innovating and creating things on platforms. Right now, we have too many platforms for people to try to build businesses on. And the reality is you don't need all of them. If you're somebody who serves a two-kilometer business and that's where your audience is, that's exactly how you can target based on you don't need to be everywhere anymore. And so what I'd like to tell people is that you should get really excited about what's coming next, right? But at the same time, it's so simple to use your tools effectively just by you. You don't need to be on 17 different things. You don't need to, you know, be popping off on TikTok just as big as YouTube. They're all going to change. None of those algorithms are designed to make you the person listening to this succeed. So you might as well play in your sandbox, find your niche and build within it. And I think it's really important for people to understand that there's no opportunity that that's gone. It's too far gone now for them to cash in on. Less is more. Yeah, I don't even know if less is more. I just, I think people think that it's so, like everyone's got the Netflix mentality that it's all there. I'll tap into it when I need it. I'll learn that when I'll need it. I'll use that, subscribe to it when I need it. Chances are, if you're doing any of that, it's gone from you needing it to, like, it's it's to, you're reactive now. From a proactive perspective, people, I was starting to talk about getting to inbox zero. And I used to think to myself, what's the point of getting to inbox zero when you don't know what's in your inbox, right? So we're talking about different sort of ways that we can manage our lives now to find success. That it doesn't have to be this big cloud of all all these ideas. You could you could literally this weekend in on your phone recite your whole book word for word, send it to somebody to edit, get it formatted and printed by the next week and around the world. You can do that with an album. You can do that with a text art piece now. But unfortunately, we still have a middle ground of people that are kind of waiting for this other recognition, other sort of verification. And that's not going to happen. Not in a world that's so fickle in this attention economy. Anyway, uh, thanks a lot for coming to my TED Talk. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Bell, like some- Bell's so fascinated with tech right now. It seems like, it seems like uh, you know, he's, he's not going to let that go. So... Well, he already sure. has a new. He already has a new uh, video glasses on there. Look, <laughs> he's got the new Google eye glass. Yeah, those, those are Bell, from Meta, right there. Let's end. Let's end the tech talk. You know, we 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 talked about that an hour ago. So, end that. There's no need to bring it up anymore. Can we confirm that? 
Okay, go on, go on, go on. We're gonna we're gonna end the we're gonna end the tech talk here, but let's get back into uh, let's get back into media. Okay, um, what what's next for you? You know the fact that he says you're you've been directing, you've been you know you the numerous hats. What's the one role in media that you just want to do where where you know you 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 want to you want to open up that base? Oh, I want to. I honestly, I. I'd much rather be a subject matter expert and continue to do what I'm doing. I feel like uh, in the next two or three years, I will be able to distribute our own produced content through my my shop, but it's going to be targeted around what I consider content solutions. So rather than, again, try to be everywhere for everyone, I know that there are micro networks being built where the type of information that I share and I'm good at and I'm willing to present, it's going to be worth something to certain people in a direct-to-consumer situation. So the reason I'm saying all this is I, I want to own the platforms that I'm working on, but I also want to continue to contribute. What I don't think I'm going to want to do is go back and start like one show and work on that or work in a startup that's geared towards maybe an online magazine. Or, that's not my vibe anymore. There was a time period where I thought maybe You've audio branding, yeah. uh, but I'm not, I'm, I think I'm going to try to stick to what I'm doing for a bit. Fair enough. Fair enough. Boys, you got anything else? That's it for me. That's it for me, man. Be good. It's amazing. What? You got anything for us? No, I mean, look, if you're bored and you've got uh, an Amazon membership, my book is called Rethinking Your Content. Um, it's obviously uh, it's something that I wrote in 2020, so some things have changed, but I am writing as well. I have a, just look me up if you're ever interested in hearing more about me. And I'm also looking forward to coming out and meeting people as well. So if there are opportunities for me to come around and talk to your peoples about anything, please don't hesitate to reach out. Thanks for listening to the Thirst World Problems Podcast. For more exclusive content, follow us on Instagram at Thirst World Pod. Make sure to subscribe, like, and share.